Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. Talladega week is officially over. Kyle Busch is your Geico 500 winner. First time that the, the eight car has went to victory lane in quite a while. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was the last one that did it. All the F1 people were very, very happy that McLaren was in victory lane. Uh, it was a long weekend, but we're here to tell you all about it. Join with Dale Tanhart, two-time retired NASCAR god. Dale, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're saddened that you're retiring, but, but, but happy that you're here. Wel- welcome welcome here as you always are yeah it's like a yearly thing now well last year i retired after darlington Mm -hmm. uh spring darlington so we're two weeks ahead of schedule but you know i was looking at everything and and putting my numbers together my cup bets which you've been great and you got the kyle bush hit you lucky fucking piece of shit shout out to me but my cup Units are right at 22, 22 in the green for the year. It's really trucks and Xfinity that have been really bad for me. But nonetheless, like the last two weeks has been a historic slide. Uh, second in qualifying, second in Xfinity, second in the cup race. Martinsville, actually Martinsville, a couple of those races, we weren't even, we just weren't even close. So I can't, I can't pull the P2 card on those. Nonetheless, yes, I have entered retirement once again. This is the formal announcement. It's reflected in my Twitter handle. I retired for NASCAR from NASCAR betting for the second time. Which so, uh which no questions at this time. Which Walmart will you be a door greeter at? I just said no questions at this time. Oh, got you. Got you. Okay. We'll come back to that one. Uh we're also going to cover some uh some bets for the worth four hundred, the uh the race in Dover. Uh, big Dover race this weekend, which unfortunately we will not be attending. This is the first time in two years that we will not be at a Dover race. Uh, Dover is just one of the most electric tracks and environments. I feel like if you have not been to Dover, you need to go there. Um, it's it's like it's right after Talladega. Talladega is a giant party. Dover is also a party. Lot 10 is where it goes down. Just want to let everybody know that if you are going to Dover this weekend, make your way over to Lot 10. Uh, there is a uh, there's like a tavern. There's like a pop up tavern. It's kind of Dega ish in the back there. there there's always an incredible fun time that's happening back there in Lot 10. Shout out to all of our boys from Jersey that we're going to miss this weekend, too. Uh, we yeah, it's just um, it's very underrated, very, very underrated. And I feel like if you're if you're somebody that goes to racetracks, you know, three to four races a year and are an avid NASCAR fan. I feel like that's like everybody 
in NASCAR media and Fox, like brag about the Boulevard, right? Like you brag, they, they give so much publicity about Talladega Boulevard and how big of a party it is. And Indy 500 gets that kind of publicity as well, which I think Indy 500 is on a whole nother level versus Talladega and all these, but Dover is a big party, man. It is a lot of fun. And I feel like it's not really talked about. You just kind of, you, you go to, it's just a big concrete uh, mile. What, what is it? 1.1 miles or just a mile long racetrack. Like it's we'll a good it racetrack. It's a, it's a good racetrack. Always has a good race. Last year's race was a Monday race actually. And there were a lot of people there. There are a lot of people there for a Monday race, which I, I appreciated. And yeah, like you said, Two years in a row, we've had a blast there, and I hate that we are not going to go back this year. But anybody that goes, yeah, you got to go to Lot 10. Got to go to Lot 10, and you will have a good time. Wheelbarrow Racing. Yeah. Wheelbarrow Racing in the Northeast. <laughs> That's always the best. The Wheelbarrow Races are so fun. Just just go to that and go to Lot 10. That's all you need to know. Also, you know, if you're not a big, like, campground person, there's a, there's a fucking casino. Right next to the track, you can actually go there and bet on the race in the sports book. We had so much fun in that casino. Uh, I've lost money. I've won money there. It was just great times. And, and so and it's in walking distance. So you can get a hotel at the casino. You can stay there. Everybody from NASCAR stays there. So if you're down in the casino, you're going to see like a lot of people from Fox. You're going to see some drivers. Everybody's just out there rolling the dice. It's like it's how you would imagine Vegas to be, but it's actually more realistic because it's just right there by the track. So it's like like we went to Vegas. Vegas is gigantic. You may not see drivers and stuff out at the casinos and stuff when you're in Vegas because of how far away the track is. Some drivers stay there, but not at Dover. At Dover, it's right across. Like, I don't even think it's across the street. It's like on the same side of the street. It's just across the way. It's over yonder. So, yeah, it's just it, it's amazing. We love it. I'll never forget you and I uh, when we did Alex the Bowman. Yeah, dude, that was just and I and I did I took the Sting Fields of Gold song and, and just called it Fields of Dove. The the random dudes in the parking lot that was like we were on the news last week and we, we made him proud. He had like he like like I don't know, he got like electrocuted on an electric fence trying to like jump it or something. Something wild happened. Wait, well what? Who? Who who that was you remember those random three guys that we met? It was this was like really early on. I remember we were it was in the daytime, we were just filming stuff walking around. And these guys were like, Yeah, he was on the news last week. He like tried to jump an electric fence. He was like, Yeah, I made my mom proud. And we were like, Yep, yeah, very proud. We're all very proud. This was a Dover. This is just like yeah. in the daytime. This was like the first time we ever went to Dover. Yeah. What? It was hilarious. That's it's so random. TikTok. Somebody liked it the other day and it popped up in my notifications. And I was like, and I just went back and watched it. Like we had like the Jersey boys, like one of them was like pissing on a tire. It was like, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass from like Big Lebowski. Like making the comments from like when John Goodman was like beating the shit out of that red Corvette. Like <laughs> it's just great stuff, dude. Just there you go. Yeah. If you if you needed to know anything about Dover, that maybe that's maybe that's your cue. Yeah, if you were here for a Talladega recap, you got sucked into a rabbit hole. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and, and because of Talladega is what has led to my retirement. I mean, Martinsville too, but I mean, yeah, we got to talk about the pain that was. Of course, Dale Center, top plays or Sheldon Creed, 
their Bubba Wallace, their Brian Blaney, Brad Keselowski too, of course. And everybody's in a position to win. And it just, it just all falls apart. I got to go back because we were at the races. I got to go back and watch both of them. Of course, I've seen the highlights of the end of the cup race over and over again. I need to go back and watch Xfinity because I don't understand how Sheldon Creed was not scored the leader on the, yeah, on the final caution. How, how was he not scored the leader uh, heading into the second overtime? It, it blows my mind. And, mm-hmm. and, and we still, we won money on Xfinity, but God, Oh, it's so frustrating, man. Sheldon was so close pitted. I think on the first overtime with like four to go and just, bulled his way to the front from like 14th all the way up to first and second and what a drive man what a drive i'm just i'm gonna take a break from sheldon this week on the betting side with the xfinity series sure i think this will be a i think this will be a junior motorsports maybe uh maybe a gibbs guy in the in the mix but i think this will be junior motorsports weekend on the xfinity side but when we get to maybe Kansas, but Darlington for sure. We go back to the mode of don't say anything good about Sheldon Creed because our juju, it did work. One of my favorite plays I wrote about on dailydownforce.com was Sheldon Creed for a top three at plus 475, plus 425. Also at Kligerman for a top three as well, which which <laughs> I got to talk about Kligerman uh, on Saturday night. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. But um they did win us money, and Sheldon did win us money when we did the reverse jinx of don't say anything good about Sheldon. I know we all wanted the win, but we did get something out of it, which I, uh, I think is a positive. I said, I think I said in the Discord uh, that you know it, it would uh, the RCR guys would probably do well, and if like if it if it did end up being like Austin Hill P one and Sheldon P two, that I hope Sheldon. Like I, I've been like the whole thing is is like I, I gotta take Sheldon to asshole school. I gotta teach him how to be a proper asshole on the racetrack. And you gotta, you know, when you're in a position like that, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You got you gotta fucking turn them. And like that's just how it goes. So it was good to see him there. I do want to also say, wasn't complete pain on Dale Center if you watch Chase for the Cup. There was the Kyle Busch play. It was there. So yeah, he did. He did give it on Dale Center. Dale Center did not have complete pain maybe about 90 percent pain but if you watch chase for the cup the segment there you could have took the cow push play so i just wanted to let that be known wanted to advise everyone yeah needs to be um the cup race was a lot a lot of a lot of mixed views about what the cup race what it was and you know all it took for the betting side to go bad for most of us was one bad block, man. I think Bubba Wallace drove an amazing race. Ryan Blaney drove an amazing race. Brad K wasn't really there all day and just, of course, positioned himself at the end to have a chance. And I mean, when when I saw them come off of two, because we were on top of this platform in turn two, and and then I was watching on my phone. Uh, when I saw them come off of turn two, and it's Bubba behind Kyle with. Kez behind Bubba and Blaney behind Kez. I'm like, yes, this is great. I think Kyle Bush is kind of a sitting duck, which he was. They blew right past him. And I was like, man, and the AJ Almendinger, another guy I had money on as a big underdog play at 50 to one was in fifth, fifth and sixth coming to the white flag. So I felt so good about it. And it's, I, I honestly do feel like it was a scenario 
where the only way we lose is if the leaders crash each other. Mm-hmm. And motherfucker, that's exactly what they did. And I love, I love the fact that like Bubba, Bubba came out like after. Uh, I saw yeah, he admitted it. He he took responsibility. He said it's not Ryan's fault. And there's nothing you can tell me in this world that will deter my thinking from the fact that he is an air seer, that he knows what the fuck he needs to do. Like if you didn't know that he was good at super speedways, like I feel like everybody that doesn't really watch NASCAR a lot, they're just like one of those people that watch Fox News on repeat, which by the way sucks for you. Tucker Carlson is gone. So I don't know how you're gonna get mad and what? Pants. Yeah, Tucker Carlson is gone from Fox News. They uh have what? I didn't know that. Breaking news to Dale. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I don't I don't I don't observe anything political anymore. So I had no idea. I have like free cable at my house and I was like flipping through channels this morning and I and I I was watching I watched Mari for like the first time in years, which was electric. It was such an electric factory. Um, but I was flipping through the channels and I just saw like Tucker Tucker Carlson leaves Fox News. So yeah, for everybody that just watches watched Fox News for Tucker Carlson, uh you're gonna have to find something else to get your blood pressure up and shit your pants over. So, yeah, if you're one of those people when it comes to Bubba, uh, fuck you and watch NASCAR more and you will see the man's talent because it's real. I swept Kansas with fucking the, the 45 car last year in betting. I will be betting on uh, 23-11 again at Kansas this year just because they got it. They got something figured the fuck out. Um, so, yeah, Bubba was electric and i i'm glad that i did i was home by the way for anybody that doesn't know i ended up coming home sunday i didn't stay for the cup race so i think that this would be a great opportunity to talk about your experience being in the infield watching the race from the infield and then i can talk about what i saw on the broadcast because there was a lot of controversy there were a lot of people on twitter uh talking about the race that were either there or watching it on television so i can give my take you can give your take and I think that that would be a great place to start when it comes to the cup race. But b- before that, before that, I do want to talk about the Xfinity race real quick. And, and speaking of Jeb. people on Twitter. Yeah, congrats to Jeb, dude. Speaking of guys, you're talking about Bubba ran a great race. Jeb Burton ran an amazing race. Just did not see that coming. Uh, they, they had a Jordan Anderson. Super, super happy for Jordan Anderson racing. Big underdog type of story with his rise and and from a driver to a team owner guy that's been close to winning in the truck series. And now he's got his own two guys, his own two cars and they're in victory lane now. So it's really cool. Jeb Burton, second career win, good family, family NASCAR winner, Jeb Burton, son of Ward Burton. If you guys did not know that, I I feel like, I feel like most casual fans know that, but uh, yeah, yeah. We were, we were joking at victory lane because we were up there. Uh, thanks to our, our buddies at Celsius for helping us out. But uh, we, we were saying Ward was just going to pop up and, and Jeb was going to be be excited, like, hey, Dad, I won. And then Ward would be like, hey, look at the snake I caught. Yeah. Just like bring a snake up to Victory Lane and be like, no, 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 this my snake is more important than your win. That's a trifle. This is look at this fucking look at this damn diamond head, man. Yeah, this is great. Like, and he's just so lethargic. Like when he talks about it, right, right. Lord, man. But so the Xfinity race was good, similar to the Cup race. I feel like it was. I think the drafting package is is better in those cars. There's a lot more passing, a lot more 
aggressive blocking, but successful aggressive blocking, which was nice. It, it made the first half of the race very compelling. And then it, it kind of went to hell at the end. But uh, the big crash that has been a story, Blaine Perkins, who was released from the hospital Sunday night after a, a, a tremendous barrel roll down the backstretch of Talladega. I got some heat from some people about tweeting in all caps, like how excited I was that the wreck happened, like big Elliot Sadler barrel roll vibes. And I want to discuss that real quick because Twitter, like I'm not a big Twitter finger keyboard warrior. Like a lot of these, a lot of these man babies out there. And the best way I can talk about or or give my opinion and feel about this and, and validate why I tweeted that is through voice. You can hear my voice. This is me talking. So there's a list of things that have to happen for me to be able to tweet something like that. So obviously the crash happened, right? Spectacular. Barrel roll. I'm standing there, hands on my head, jaw dropped. Tony's right next to me. Garage Tony. And we're just waiting to make sure he's okay. He climbs out. The, cl- the crowd goes absolutely bananas. And it's an awesome moment. Like I always think... The best moments of in those wrecks are watching the guys climb out because it may it's 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 a win-win altogether, right? Yeah. A driver walks away from a spectacular crash. You have your breath taken away from the spectacular crash. And it's a win for NASCAR because they the, the car did its job and saved the driver's life, right? Promote the shit out of it on video footage for and, and that. And that too, right? So, yeah, you should bring that same energy when you're yelling at me. You should bring that to NASCAR too for promoting the wreck, which I think is fine because those moments last forever. I remember mean, how Ryan Newman? Remember Ryan Newman? Anybody remember that one? They 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 promoted it for an entire. Yeah, he year. actually was like pretty fucking hurt too. Yeah. Like Blaine Perkins is fine. They they said on the broadcast and reiterated that he went to the hospital for just uh. Oh, what's the term? Uh, ju- just to be cautious, precautionary reasons. He went to the hospital for further evaluation. He was released. He is okay from what I've seen. He's released his own statement. But going back to the steps it takes for me to tweet something like that, he climbs out. The crowd goes electric. I hear the PA announcer, which I think the announcer, the uh, announcer system you hear at Talladega is PRN or MRN. And they say Blaine Perkins is okay. He is walking away under his own power. Like the guy walked out of the crash and waved to the fans and, and he's he's survived it. So I tweeted that and I was like, that is an amazing crash. It totally gives the Elliot Sadler vibes. I'm not sitting at home rooting for these crashes to happen. I'm not sitting at home like hoping that you see a barrel roll wreck at Talladega. But if it does happen and nobody is hurt, I'm going to choose to be excited about it because it is exciting. I'm not going to choose to be upset and angry and try to shame people for being excited about it. How much of a fucking weirdo are you, dude? I mean, like, and that's generally speaking to a lot of people that were disrespectfully in my comments. If you want to respectfully disagree about the timing of the tweet, that's okay. It was in the moment. Like I said, I waited until he walked away until I tweeted that. Until he was out of the car walking away on the ambulance, I tweeted it. If you want to respectfully disagree with the timing of the tweet, that's okay. I was at the track. 
think it kind of makes a difference because uh, most people watch it on TV probably hadn't even seen the wreck happen because apparently it happened during a commercial. Um, so if you want to dis- respectfully disagree with that part, that's fine. But if you're in my mentions about uh, just trying to be a complete asshole about it, you gotta have you gotta have something better to do with your life than to continue to keep tweeting at me. I mean, look, the 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 make from scratch biscuits at Hardee's aren't gonna make themselves at the four a.m. shift. They're counting on you. Now, I will say, I was a little worried when I saw he went to the hospital, right? But when they said it was precautionary, I was like, okay, like it's fine. This is, I feel like this is pretty standard when somebody gets in a crazy accident like that, right? So. He was okay. The crash was amazing. I'm going to choose to be a fan and enjoy the fact that the crash happened and not dwell and be upset. And also, just to add on, if you've been a NASCAR fan for a long time or at least study the history, those accidents, like these barrel roll accidents, not where they get up in the catch fence. I think it's, you know, there's no celebrating if a car gets in the catch fence, in my opinion. That's totally different. But when these crashes happen, these aren't the crashes that typically hurt people really bad. The type of crashes that hurt people really bad are what Ryan Priest had on Sunday or what in that same exact accident with Blaine Perkins, the 66 had spinning and hitting the inside wall at 180 miles per hour. And not just the inside wall, the part of the wall that dips out that's on an angle. Like those are the crashes that hurt people more than what those barrel rolls do. And I think there's a lot of drivers that will agree with that because you're dispersing energy when you're barrel rolling, right? You're dispersing energy and you're not hitting a wall head on and all the energy, all the kinetic energy goes straight to you. It's a different kind of wreck. And if everybody's okay, it's amazing. It is a spectacular wreck. Talladega tumble. NASCAR is going to use it for the next two to 300 years after we're all gone. If NASCAR is still around, they will constantly promote that every time we come to Talladega. So stop being a dork and stop flaming me in my mentions and get on with your life. And and it's okay. It's, it's not, okay. It's not even being a dork. I feel like at this point, what part this, of it is? What this is 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 attention seeking people using a narrative that is our society right now. And when it comes to a lot of of things that are outside of the sport, just kind of where we are as a society and what we're told is right and wrong that by making comments like that under your tweet, they're going to get praised and patted on the back for, you know, being a good person and caring that's in their brain thinking that. However, on the flip side of it, I'm the guy that tweeted immediately after that was the wreck from the Applebee's commercial on Talladega nights. Okay. I knew that he was going to be fine. He got out of that thing. Like you said, there are wrecks that have happened. We've seen the wrecks that kill people. We've seen, we're also in a brand new era of NASCAR where safety is at the utmost importance. When he was sitting there barrel rolling in the car, he didn't even move because he had a Hans device and a ton of other safety equipment that kept him stable and right there. The drivers talk about it all the time, you know, like just, just above and beyond where we were in the 90s, the 80s, whatever. Go back and look at some of the wrecks that happened back in the 70s and 80s when these guys were driving around with leather helmets in a, in a complete stock car souped up and watch the crowds do the same thing that they've been doing for years. I'm, I am 31 years old. I've been going to Talladega since I was five. That puts it back at 1998 being my first race. 
And the one thing that I've always seen, the one thing that I've always heard my entire life, people go to super speedways because it is one of the most dangerous types of racing. It's adrenaline pumping. And there are people that go there because they know that they're going to see some wild ass wrecks happen. There are those people. They exist. They are real. They are there. We're not rooting for someone to die. We're rooting for the action that comes with the sport and it comes with the territory. And that's what is important here. And that's what people need to remember. People need to get off of this. I need my pat on the back. So I'm going to, whether I like this person or not, whether I like Dale, whether I like Chase, whether I like someone or not, anybody else that might've said something like that, that is, that is doing what we do. You, you're, you're not, you, there's going to come a time where people aren't going to give a fuck about you trying to be some warrior when you know, deep down inside, you were probably just as awestruck and excited about what had just happened in front of you as we were. And that's all I have to say about it. I can't believe Tucker Carlson got fired from Fox News. That's actually crazy. As fuck. I'm going to take his job right after that fucking spiel right there, huh? By the way, we 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 don't get political. We make fun of we we like to make fun of Republicans and Democrats. Bro. Yeah, but like the the Bubba haters are are the the ones the irrational Bubba haters are so easy to make fun of. I just popped in my mind. I just on a lighter note, their opinions are whatever they're told. Yeah, right, right, right. They don't have they don't have their own brain. They've been replaced by robots, and then they're out here saying, "Don't let the robots take over the world." Like, dude, if you don't realize how sarcastic we are when it comes to just like Reddit, like we grew up in the South around a shit ton of rednecks. We have grown up characterizing, like, just making caricatures out of these people from our lives. So if you didn't know how sarcastic we really were deep down, now you do. So congratulations. I'm trying to figure out why he got fired, but that's another. He didn't that's get fired. Another. He left. And oh, he left. There. Okay. Yeah, I just got tired of looking at it. I just saw the headline. I was like, whatever. Who cares? I don't watch the news. Anyway, the last thing I'll say about the Blaine Perkins thing, I think that's pretty well said. But I want to reiterate that I'm never like, even when I was a kid, I, I don't think I was ever like hoping for a crash because you know on the on the opposite side of the spectrum of you know I talk about all the wins a crash like that gives NASCAR. I will. On the opposite side, the, the the loss is cars getting airborne. And NASCAR has tried so many different things to prevent cars from getting airborne over the last 20, 30 years. It's just impossible. It's just impossible to keep a stock car on the ground. I don't want to see cars going airborne because when they do get airborne, you never know what's going to happen. When a car hits the catch fence, that's scary. When you get impaled by another car like Ryan Newman did, that's scary. Like Daniel Hemrick also flipped. Don't like those kind of flips because he's riding when he flipped, he's riding up on the wall. And I don't want him to get caught by that catch fence and go through the level of G forces. He's going to go through just having just unbelievably high stopping power by clipping that fence. And we've seen that with Austin Dillon, Carl Edwards, Kyle Larson in the past decade and a half. But you know, another one I didn't even say that I meant to say is like now and, and this also works with the priest deal, the priest Larson wreck. For the Blaine, the Blaine Perkins wreck is just so many wins if he's okay because, and he is, it's so many wins because now NASCAR can bring that car back and do research and find out what part may have failed or not done as much as it needed to do, right? So now NASCAR gets all this R&D 
and Blaine is okay, and it was a spectacular crash, and it's a highlight reel for years to come. I'm going to choose to enjoy that the wreck happened, right? I'm going to choose to be happy about all these things because I get it. You're you're concerned about his health, but what you're forgetting is now that he's okay, you're forgetting about all the good things that come for NASCAR because of this wreck, because they can go and find out what they can improve on. And I think the priest wreck is a little bit scarier because big time. When you, when you looked at what Larson's car looked like, everybody's like, "Oh fuck!" If that was the left side, he was toast. But the, the left side saw it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the left side and the right side of these, I think, are built a little bit differently because you, you obviously the left side is where the driver's at. So I it, think they're manufactured a little differently. With that being said, like yeah, they're gonna go do the same thing R and D on the cup side and figure out. Why did this, you know, why did this happen this way? And they're going to make improvements and the safety will continue to be enhanced in our sport. I don't know about the head movement stuff, like the priest accident, his head, like he, he, he got beat up in that ride. 100,000%. You watched the replay on that yet? The in-car camera? Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it was the hardest hit he's ever taken in his life. Oh Yeah. Just like the, it, he's obviously sitting still, but like, not not just the fact that like Kyle's car was just completely like in shambles on the side, but just seeing, watching his eye movement, watching like how he was like, because like that's what freaks me out the most is like you're you take a hit like that, you're just still, and and it it just I don't know, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, man. Like it's just I, I hate that for him. I hope he's feeling all right. Uh, haven't got to. Uh, I got to check in on the man. Hopefully we will get to do that soon. And, uh, but, but yeah, dude, like they, they, they've got to look into that because you can't have cars like with Larson's right side. You can't have that kind of stuff happening because like, but, but I mean, that really happens the majority of the time at super speedway tracks, which can lead into, you know, well, do you just want us to take away super speedway tracks? Well, NASCAR's not going to do that. Uh, you don't really see that happening at, at other types of races, you know, usually it's pretty tame and you don't have those kind of hits. And so I, I don't know. I feel like there's just really no right answer. It's going to piss some one side of it. Uh, one side of people are going to be pissed off about any changes that come from it. One side will be okay with it, just depending on how it makes the product on track turn out to be. I think uh, on the, because ex- it's it's weird that we've had both these crazy wrecks in two different series. I think on the Xfinity side, it's just it's all good things that came out of it. On the cup side, I'm a little more concerned. I'm a little more concerned because I feel like the way we built this car and how rigid it how rigid it is, that's what's creating a lot of the body movement inside the cockpit because you don't have the car is not crushing. The car doesn't get crushed inward because the material is so damn tough. So if the car doesn't take most of the beating, a lot of that as I said earlier, kinetic energy is going to go towards the driver in the cockpit. So that's a little concerning to me along with the way Larson's car looked, but for the Xfinity series, like that is nothing new from what we've seen here in the history of NASCAR, the history of Daytona, Talladega, that's a typical Talladega tumble. Everybody's okay. Highlight reel. NASCAR goes R and D and finds out if anything was bad, what they can do better. Please get on with your life and stop hitting my DMs and hitting my uh, hitting my replies because you have nothing better to do with your life except make hand scratch biscuits at Hardee's. 
They're never going to stop. They will always find something. Everybody, that's why I tell people all the time, Any anybody that I've messaged and talked to that when it comes to like someone talking about them or whatever, I don't even, I don't give a shit. I will either make a joke out of you or I won't respond to you. And that's about it. If I say how I feel, that's my page. That's my social media. That's how I feel. I don't give a fuck what you think or what you care. And you can say whatever you want, do whatever you want. This isn't that me talking for Dale. This is me talking for Chase. That's just what's going to happen. So yeah, and I'm not gonna a lot. You you talk about the attention thing. I I hardly reply to those people on Twitter. And the only people I'm referring to when I when I make these comments are the people that are disrespectfully coming at me. If you respectfully or were concerned or just disagreeing with, like I said earlier, the timing of the tweet, and you know, I think it there it could have brought a bad interpretation just because like some people may have thought I tweeted that before he climbed out or the timing of it. If you feel like it was mistimed uh, based on where you were at, like that's okay. If you respectfully disagree. Okay. But the people that are chirping and like angry and disrespectfully coming at me, that's who I'm referring to here. So you know, that's it. I think it's, I think it's all validated, but it's a beautiful thing. So moving on, moving on to other, other things that, that aren't that, uh sunday i'll just go ahead and start so i was home i ended up leaving the boulevard uh after the uh the cole swindell concert which by the way he did play one song that i actually enjoyed i'm not a big country music guy uh he did play the goo goo dolls iris big goo goo dolls guy i mean that's me and my wife's jams like we love goo goo dolls and so when he played that i was just like this is even more reason for me wanting to go home now i want to go and see my wife because i love her and so that happened and then we got to hang out with a, a lot of people. We saw a lot of uh, people that, that are garage fam. We saw a lot of people that are in NASCAR that we know and we love. It was a great time. And so I had a good time on Saturday, fantastic entire day, um, and then ended up heading back home. And so I wanted to be home. I got to watch the race on uh, – the Talladega races, which is my whole life. I've been going to Dega races. I've experienced everything and I love it. And if you've never been, you need to go. You have to experience that watching it at home. I really got to, you know, I, for once I actually kept the broadcast. I listened to the broadcast. I'm usually not a big broadcast listener. I just kind of like keep my eye on the screen. I got music playing, whatever else, but I, I listened in and have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to dailydownforce.com and get yourself some official Garage Guys merch. If you consider yourself a true loyal Garage Fam member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com. Now back to the podcast. The thing about it was is a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about, you know, either how NASCAR was marketing Talladega because they weren't happy that apparently, I guess there wasn't enough wrecks for people through the majority of the race, which is probably what it was. Let's be honest. Um, but I loved the race. I thought it was incredible. I loved watching everybody form the lines. You know, we finally got they everybody was 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 just begging for that third lane. They they were trying to make it work. 
it, it didn't I don't feel like it worked as good as it has in years past. You know, you had your two lanes. It was fine. And there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of movement. There was a lot of ups and downs. Shout out to Noah Gregson for getting the fuck up there. That dude showed what he had. Shout out to that boy. That was awesome. I hate that he got turned right there at the end. Of course, everyone gets to blame Ross Chastain. <laughs> but again, but uh, so lots more memes to come. But yeah, it, watching it on TV, it was great. I got to kind of just, I, I got to follow everything. I got to watch it. I was entertained. I thought it was great. I don't have to have, you know, all of the carnage and everything else that comes with those things. Last year in October, we saw a, a similar style race. And maybe this is just the product of this car. And that is okay. And that's how I feel about it personally. I enjoy watching a super speedway race where these guys can work like this. And it's not just constantly someone getting turned and making massive wrecks and just having to, to sprawl out for cautions. When you're there at Talladega, the main thing is, is it's so big. You're in the, you're in the stands. The majority of people that are there, they're just blackout drunk in the stands, maybe listening to a scanner. And that's, that's just the truth of it because it's Talladega. It's more than a race. That's what they say. So I, I don't really understand why so many people are, are upset. Maybe it's just because it's not the way it is. But then if it was a lot of wrecks, then, of course, people would have been tweeting about it. Then you would have had the people getting mad that we were tweeting about wrecks happening. It, you can't win. So I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I loved watching it. It was, it was good to just kind of be home, get to experience it like that, because I don't have many of them that I've got to experience that way. And, uh, and yeah, I thought the broadcast was decent. You know, they had a couple of funny things that were said here and there. Um, you know, it's just really, for me personally, broadcast has never really been my cup of tea. I just like to watch the cars do their thing, watch the drivers do their thing and just vibe out. And that's just how I am as a person. So, um, but yeah, how was your experience? How was, uh, how was watching it in the infield? Yeah. So being in the infield, it was kind of tough. I, I want to, I'm going to go back and watch the race as soon as they get the live or not the live, as soon as they get the full replay uploaded on YouTube, uh, because I really can't give a, a valid opinion about how the racing was when it was green for so long, right? Like no, not a lot of wrecks. If it's similar to October of 22, then I, I don't have a problem with it either. Um, we were with uh, just the experience itself. So Saturday night, I mentioned Parker Kligerman. We, we had a good time on the boulevard. Um, Noah Gragson was out there just hanging out, just chilling. I don't even think Noah was drinking. I think he was just vibing, man. He was just sitting in this – he was like in like one of these little wheelchairs. Just He was like – he had a mic in his hand. He was kind of emceeing a little bit, just trying to get some people hype. Like, that was pretty cool. He was, uh, oh, he was having a good time. He was a businessman that weekend. That's what I told yeah. him. I'm like, dude, you're a businessman now. Dude, you got a Wendy's, bro. He sure was. Yeah. <laughs> that little Wendy's thing was cool, too. We we popped up in there on Sunday. That was a cool fucking thing That's they set up. Free biggie bag? I didn't. They had stopped serving food, but I saw, like, the little arcade in there and everything. That was dope. Yeah. They had all the NASCAR arcade games and shit. Like, that was that was awesome. But um, <laughs> me and Parker Kligerman uh, had a few of those, uh, the spiked. Yeah, the big machine spike. Those things are good, by the way. It's like an adult Capri Sun. Cut the check. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we had a good time with the boulevard, running around, just having drinks, took some pictures and stuff. So uh, thanks for everybody that came up and, and said hey to me at the boulevard and Tony and had a great time. 
chilling with all you guys. The boulevard was very, very lit on Saturday night, and I was very hungover on Sunday. We got to the track kind of late, got into the infield. We're just kind of walking around, just looking for somewhere to watch the race, man. Like it, the boulevard was obviously kind of dead. People were going off and turn two and turn four and, and setting up their chairs. And so we did that for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And then uh, Buddy Spider with Barstool and rubbing his race and text me, told me where they were at. So we went and watched the race with him and large and got to meet Dana Beers, uh, Fastuli, Liam, Alex Bennett, a bunch of people. And I, I, I'm so appreciative of the hospitality they gave me and Tony hanging out with them and being with them, we kind of would hop on the golf cart and go pop up on that platform where there are no, where there is no screen. And that's where we watched the end of the race. So I just missed so much of this race, like on TV, like the broadcast. And that's a rare thing for me, man. Like even when we're at the track and we're watching the race, if I have a headphone in, it's trying to listen to a broadcast to make sure I, I get that element of everything happening. Uh, that you just don't see when you're at the racetrack in the stands or whatever. So had a proper uh, Talladega vibe experience is what happened. That's yeah, yeah. Whole life, it was just a vibe. It was a vibe. Yeah. And I did have my phone out because I knew fuel was an issue. I knew f- there was potential for guys to be running out of fuel. So I had my phone out and I was listening to the broadcast, trying to see who may run out because all those overtimes kept adding extra laps, and. um it was a great experience. It was it was a lot of fun. The boulevard was very, very boulevard on Saturday night. And it was really fun Sunday to get to kick it with those guys. It's so great. Tony, garage guy Tony is a day one stoolie, man. He is a day one barstool kiddo. So he just loved being around all those guys. So I, I, I love that Tony got to experience that. And it was his first ever Talladega. And he got to experience that. He had out with a lot of the guys he looks up to. That is a high level of, of Talladega. Cause like, I feel like you and I growing up, like we went to Talladega. So we kind of had like this low base floor and it's just slowly built up as we've, you know, aged and, and progressed into building garage guys. But for Tony to have that experience, like that's what I love about anybody new that comes into our world is that we can give those people just incredible experiences. And like, so his bar is so high for like Naladega now, which I think is, is awesome. And, and that's what I was talking to him about a little bit on Saturday. I do wish I could have got to see large. I did get to see spider. And, um, and I know you guys Saturday night was, uh, was hilarious because Tony has the LeBron jacket and Alex Bennett ended up having just a normal NASCAR 75 jacket or whatever. They ended up swapping jackets and I was just mind blown. I'm like, dude, like, like he gets so many compliments on this LeBron Irish. It's like the fact that he let her take it and he took hers. I was like, how did you do that? I was like, I don't even think I could have done that for like Jesus Christ. I'm not even a big LeBron guy, but it's just like, I know how much that jacket means to him. That jacket is so filthy too, man. I, I would have never done that. I don't care who it is, but you know, it's so funny. Cause I, last year I brought my, my friend Chris to his first ever Dega race and he got to meet Dale jr. You know, first fucking time at Talladega gets, gets to talk to Dale jr. Mm-hmm. And then Tony gets his, we bring Tony and I, I basically was Tony was chauffeur and Tony around on Sunday. Right. Like, and he gets to meet, you know, all, all the Barcelona guys. So, 
Um, those big are great dudes. Last year too, big baby. Yeah, yeah, big baby. And, and that and, wasn't his first Dega though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it that like last year's Dega was was a great time. It was fun being out there with uh with old Chris Ross. Yeah, but I want to talking about the race. You know, I I briefly talked earlier. It sh- it shoved me into retirement on the betting side because uh Bubba and Blaney. Bubba and Blaney were the two I think throughout the whole race. Like I don't know what everybody's driver rating is or was, but I think those two collectively were the best two drivers in that race on Sunday. Consistently, like with the exception of stage one and and maybe halfway through stage two, those two guys just found their way to the front. And especially in stage three, just took over that race. I mean, took over that race. And Blaney was the one that really stayed up front, led a bunch of laps. And Bubba had gotten shuffled back on that last caution or second to last caution and still was able to find his way back up there into the top five, top three. Brad K kind of snuck up there at the end after not being up there at all the whole day. And he got a top five. Um, also, he had – I saw a stat where I think he had the fastest lap in the entire race. Oh, well, who gives a shit? What, what, what is uh, that that's, even that's great. But another one that's very important, shout out to our guy Chase Elliott, uh, big Hooters guy. He came so close to being it would have been the first time that a driver swept stage one and stage two at Talladega. He was so close by a hair. Amarola got stage two. He was so close. That was a pretty cool stat that I did get to listen to on the broadcast. Mike Joyce said it, so it's gotta be true. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. That dates back. That's day, dates back to 2017 when they brought up stages, but yeah, I, that was interesting. Hendrick kind of took over early uh, when that chase Briscoe caution came out uh during green flag pit stops and then chase too stage two eric Almarola was another guy that he was on see he made the short list of bets right he made the short list of bets i took him for the poll he broke my heart by getting second god damn it that's another one i hadn't even thought about since like saturday but no Almarola was running up front a lot too and i think he ran out of gas i'm not sure what happened to him but he dipped out into the middle of the pack up on the final lap or with two to go or whatever i think he was sputtering but yeah i think the, ty gibbs ran out of gas for sure yeah and ty gibbs is really good too i knew a lot of guys that had been on ty he was you know he had a he had a strong run going most of that day working with bubba but you know I, overall like i think when i go back and watch this race i'm gonna enjoy it i, I appreciate and, and respect the guys not crashing all day now, yes, I think the Xfinity race 100% was better because you you did have that aggression. You did have a lot of aggressive passing and blocking, and it was all clean. No one was wrecking. Um, Cup, it seemed like there was none of that for the first maybe three-fourths of the race, and then they, they all went for it at the end. But that's just, like, as you said, I think that's the Gen 7 race car. It seems like momentum is a lot tougher to obtain. Uh, you don't see a lot of three wide as much. And I th- I think part of that is a reluctance to make it three wide, right? Because P- the guys just don't, they may not trust each other. They they think if they, they race three lanes, they might cause an accident. But God, yeah, everybody on Twitter just kept posting screenshots of like, whether it was 2017 or 2013 or 2006 or 2005 when, everybody would be three wide around the racetrack for a hundred laps. Like it's just different now. Like it's just different now. And and maybe NASCAR can make some tweaks with this car, with the aero package 
to get us back to something like that. But I've kind of gotten to this point now and, and I've definitely flipped on how I felt about this like three years ago. I think for the super speedways, we got to find a way to make these cars ridiculously hard to handle. Yeah. I think they're, they're too close to each other. They suck up uh, too close to each other throughout. And it just, it makes everybody scared. And that's what causes these wrecks. It's just the crazy close racing. And there's always been wrecks at Talladega, but when you look at the COT era and the Gen 4 era, yes, the racetracks were bumpier because they hadn't gone through repaves yet, at least until 06 Talladega, 2011 Daytona. The cars were a lot harder to handle, right? Handling was more of a factor, and I think that prevented guys from just, like, you you couldn't make any move you, you, could, you wanted at any time, right? Yeah. Now these cars, like, even with the end of the Gen 6 era, you can kind of, you feel like you're kind of invincible. You feel like you're kind of invincible. All the cars are, are very equal. I feel like there's got to be something maybe we could do to make the cars more of a handful and break up the pack a little bit more. Yeah. And I could be, why I could you be change wrong. the entire car. You just have to change the entire car. I don't and know if you'd have to change the entire car though. I we're don't know at a point where it's like, no one's ever going to be truly satisfied, right? No one's ever going to be satisfied. Somebody will always be pissed at how something is. Just be happy that that NASCAR exists and that there is a race. That's the way I see it. It's like that that you could go down this this path of like, okay, so for every style of racetrack, we have a different style of car. And then you could achieve maybe trying to make everyone happy. But then you bring up all kinds of other problems like money and the teams having to prepare all these different styles. Like, that's really how you could fix it for the fans, right? But then it wouldn't really do much for the teams and for budgets and for everything else. It's just, we've got what we've got. In time, things change. You have to adapt. Adapt or die. That is the, the best quote. This is the best ism I can give here. Adapt or die. Just accept what we have. Be grateful for what we have. And enjoy it. And that, and that's that that's that's just me. Maybe that's not you, but that's me. Yeah, I mean, every like I said, I need to just go back and watch the race because I don't think I have enough in the tank to really comment on how it was from a TV standpoint. Because obviously, the majority of people are watching from home. Right. But I feel like just watching this car at Daytona and Talladega over the last couple of years, there I think there is a missing element. I think there is something missing, and I don't know if it's the drivers. If it's lack of the ability to obtain momentum, which I think is prevalent, but maybe it's a combination of a lot of different things. Regardless, the thing that doesn't change is we still get big wrecks at the end, right? And that is the thing that annoys me the most because we just keep having these fucking super speedway races ending under yellow because of a last lap caution. And, you know, you go back into the mid 2000s. Even in the teens, when Jeff, the cars were uh, were harder to handle, you just didn't have white flag cautions as much. They happen sometimes, but definitely you got better, more legendary finishes because we were able to stay green all the way up until the end. So I think that's my biggest issue. I don't know what the solution is. I'd be lying if I did, but I, I'm tired of seeing Rex on the white flag and cautions coming out.
That is that does suck. That does suck. I will Why don't suck. we find a way to just race back to the line? Like implement like a people talk about implementing uh full course or local cautions on road courses. Maybe judge the wreck. And if like it's not that bad, do a little local caution in turn three, you know, a local caution in turn two. Let the leaders race back. And as soon as they cross the finish line, they're off the gas. They're not pushing any harder. They're slowing down, but that's probably unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. It's just, it, it is what it is. And I don't think that it is even an argument. It's just like people let people get their blood pressure high and be mad that Tucker Carlson left Fox. That's all I can say. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, no. I do uh, want to say, go ahead. The, the last thing I want to say about just like the race itself and, and about like the last lap deal. I wish drivers, and I know it's heat of the moment. I'm not a fucking driver. I'm not an expert, but heat of the moment, bad block Bubba Wallace made there. And he's not the first guy to make a bad block like that, that changed the outcome of a race. I wish we could all just be like Denny Hamlin and the 2020 Daytona 500. That is the model of what to do in these late race situations. When someone has a run and you realistically cannot block it, don't, don't block it and give yourself a fighting chance. And the 2020 Daytona 500, if you go back and watch that race, white flag is out. Denny is the leader coming down the backstretch. Ryan, uh, Ryan Newman and Ryan Blaney have just a whale of a run and they blow right by him. Denny doesn't try to make a bad block like, like Logano did. And the 21 Daytona 500, or like Bubba did yesterday, or I'm sure there's count. Daniel Hemrick did it on Saturday. Terrible block. That caused a big wreck. Denny did not even try to block. He let them go by, and he tucked right in behind Ryan Blaney in third place, started shoving him, and gave himself another opportunity to get the win back. And he did. He won that Daytona 500. The rest is history with the Newman wreck. But that is like the model of how you should handle the blocking dilemma on super speedways. Give yourself a fighting chance. If Bubba stays on the bottom, Blaney goes high, you, you're still going to race back to the line. You're still going to have a chance. You're still going to have somebody behind you that's going to push you. And you're going to have a shot at it. You're going to have a better shot at it, I think, to win rather than making a block that is impossible to make. 2020 Daytona 500 with Denny Hamlin should be the model of how you should treat it. Now, yeah, I'm a fucking backseat driver in this situation. Yeah, but if you go back and watch that race, you'll understand what I'm saying. Right, but not everybody's Denny is is the problem, and not everybody is going to have the same thought process when they're leading a race. Or I they- think the main thing is it's just the heat of the moment. Yeah. Right, and you and you got your spotter in your ear saying "Go high, go high." Like they're also directing you where to go, right? And Bubba's spotter, which I haven't heard of the radio, he may have said "Block high, block high," and Bubba goes up high, and the wreck happens. Right. So, Freddie, yeah. Freddie, Freddie did great for the majority of that race, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like it's just you got to remember they're human, and and they're going to make the best decision that they think they should make. They're listening to their spotter. And you have to have a hundred percent trust in that spotter when you're making those moves. And so, yeah, you're that, that's really all you have. You have yourself, you have your spotter and you have your car. And when you're out there, you know, not everybody is going to have maybe the patience or the ability to have the, the confidence to know like Denny did that like, okay, well, 
this is the situation I've been put in. I'm just going to do it this way and I'm going to be okay. I just think it's just, it's just an individual basis. You have to look at that, but yeah, you're right. And I mean, and, and I think that people can take, you know, that out of Denny's notebook. And I think that's what makes Denny Hamlin great. And I think that's why he will be in the hall of fame one day. So, yeah, I mean, it's just that there's, there's no right or wrong. I think that is the, that is the moral of this, this recap is that there are no right or wrong answers. It's just individual choice. Bring back the tandem, the tandem. I think the tandem, honestly, you got me on that. I love the tandem era. A lot of people, a lot of people hated it at the time, but I don't think it's going to, it, it might change, make there be a little, maybe a little bit less wrecks. I think the wrecks will still happen because of aggression levels and bad blocks. Tandem era, if it came back, NASCAR found a way to make the cars suck up like that. I think it would be kind of refreshing right now. But I'd love to see it because I, I was just riding skateboards, not watching NASCAR at that part of my life. So I would love to experience that in real time right now because the videos that I have watched, the the going back and watch some of those old races, just seeing those cars like that, which is one of the most kick ass things. Oh, dude, tandem era was was so awesome. It's I sick. loved it. Loved it. It was sick. Well, that that's enough Talladega. I hope you, we hope you enjoyed that recap. Let's go ahead and move in now, real quickly. Odds of drop for the worth four hundred on Barstool and Caesars, as usual. I think Barstool has uh, the better odds right now on on some of these guys. Uh, Kyle Larson's opened up as as the favorite, plus five fifty on Barstool. Over on Caesars, you can grab him at plus five hundred. And then from there, everything is decently like in the same area odds wise. There are some guys that that I have looked at. There are two guys that I'm just going to talk on really quick. Uh, the first one that I, I love, he's plus six thousand over on Caesars. You can get him at plus sixty six hundred on Barstool, which is where I honestly went ahead and got it. Ryan Priest. Plus 6,600. Now, look, I know he just got out of a a pretty rough little accident that happened at Talladega. It was a little shook up. He already tweeted out, it's Monday. We're already back to work. Uh, We were, Dale and I were talking before we recorded, and Dale reminded me that, you know, last year he was in a Rick Ware car prepared by SHR, and he ended up having, I believe, a top 15 finish at Dover. Uh, Cole Custer was a guy that that was able to finish decent in this race in SHR equipment. I think that this is a great pick, um, and I can't wait to see what the top 10 odds look like, top five, things of that nature. Those should be coming out later in the week, so be on alert for that. Another guy right there at the same, plus 6,600 on Barstool, plus 6,000 on Caesars, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., That's right. He finished 15th at Talladega. Doesn't matter for Dover. Last year at Dover, this man finished second with JTG. He's got Mike Kelly and the boys now. The morale is way higher than it was last year. He finished second here last year. I think strategy and the confidence going into this race, he may be somebody to look at. This is low risk, high reward plays for me. So right now, the two guys that I am already on, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Ryan Priest, I think after qualifying, we may see those odds shrink up. Definitely probably going to see those odds shrink up. So I, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's my two early leans for the worth 400. Well, my bad about the Priest thing. He did um, 
he did run in an SHR prepared Rick Ware ride last year, but he finished 25th. I was looking and I looked at his qualifying squad. He qualified 13th, but it's Rick Ware. Cole, Cus- Cole Custer, okay. Cole Custer did have a top 15. And, you know, I think Dover, it's interesting, right? Like I feel like last year it was kind of wacky. There wasn't like a lot of direct translation from Phoenix or, or, uh, Martinsville, I guess, to Dover. And Dover is just kind of its own thing. It's the first concrete race we have now. And it's kind of a tough one to gauge, I think, until you get to practice and qualifying. But the thing that sticks out to me, the line that sticks out to me, it's seven to one on Caesar Sportsbook. It is 11 to one on Barstool. That's Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is 11 to one to win this race. I think that is an outrageous line for a guy that came here and was the dominant guy for most of the race until he just had just a series of comedic errors on pit road wheel fell off speeding penalty back up to fourth place and and gets wrecked by Cody Ware when he spins out in front of him. So like just bad, bad luck for Denny in this race last year. And yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of bad luck for Denny period uh, in races where he's been leading and running up front, but He's just he's extremely due for a win at a track that he's been very successful at in his career. I really like Denny Hamlin at that price. I don't know if I'd bet seven to one at this moment. I think if you see seven to one, you wait till qualifying. Let's see what's let's see what we do in practice of qualifying. Yeah. But I think Denny's gonna be a guy who's gonna qualify up front as well. So eleven to one, I think, is outrageous. I've got a unit on it. That's already that might be that might be my only outright before we see track time. I do think it's interesting. A lot of guys on the Discord talking about it. The Penske guys on Barstool are at 18 to 1 and 22 to 1 with Logano and Blaney. You see the names and you just feel like they're being undervalued. But both guys have not been great at Dover. They both were bad here last year. Bad track for Ryan Blaney. Um I like the Ryan Priest at 66 to 1. I think Martinsville and the clash. Probably not a, a substantial amount of correlation, but Priest did run in a Gen 7 race car here. That is important to me. He got some experience in this race car here last year, kept all four wheels on it, finished top 25. We've seen SHR definitely bump it up over the past few weeks, it seems like, just from a pure performance standpoint. So Ryan Priest, another guy, especially if you consider qualifying, you talk about the odds potentially shrinking on these. Ryan Priest gets the ball at Martinsville. Uh, last year we had a crazy pole winner in Chris Busher. So if Ford seems to be doing pretty well at Dover, I would just say if it's if last year's qualifying is any indication of or, or Martinsville with Priest and SHR is any indication of what we might see this year in qualifying, aka like not a heavy hitting favorite getting the pole, and a lot of these other guys qualifying up in the top five, top ten. Add in that Stuart Haas has been pretty good at qualifying in several different races this year. Yeah. I, I like the Ryan priest at 66 to one. That could be a good sprinkle play. And I think also if we're talking underdogs, yeah, I think, um, I think RFK guys could be worth a shot. I think Keslowski and Chris Busher could be worth a sprinkle early in the week. They're the same um, right now on Barstool. Plus 33 to one. Yeah. Brad is 40 to one on Caesar. So, you could get a 33 to one and a 40 to one if you bet on both RFK guys. 
Uh, obviously, Chris Buescher, as I said, got the pole here. This has been a good racetrack historically for Chris Buescher, especially in the Xfinity Series. So I think there could be some a, a good level of confidence, momentum as well with the program, finishing third and fifth at Talladega. I think that matters. Program's a lot better overall at all racetracks. So maybe a couple sprinkles on RFK, both of their guys, could be uh, could be a decent start to your weekend. Another one that I wanted to bring up, too, you were talking about Denny at plus 1100. I do like that. He has came out and said on his podcast, you know, get ready. I'm about to have a good stretch of runs coming up. So he's got the confidence and the mentality there. So I think that that is a good one. Another one, we're talking about SHR. And I didn't even realize this until just now. I don't know how I missed this. But a guy that has pretty consistent at Dover has been for for quite a while now I mean the dating back I mean all that really matters is the gen seven car that we're in right now but a guy that has been great at Dover that is an SHR car that probably will qualify well these odds will shrink is Kevin Harvick at plus 1200 let's talk about that right there you know this is last year uh, I, I don't think Kevin Harvick is going to exit retirement without getting a win I, I'm very confident at that. I think I'm going to go ahead and lay that down. He's plus a thousand on Caesars, plus twelve hundred on uh, Barstool, and and I, I think that that is one that that I'm going to go ahead and, and smash too early on. So that's already like three outrights that that I'm going to be early on. And I have a little bit of play money from from thanks to Kyle Busch, but um, you know, eight his- straight, eight straight top tens at Dover for Kevin Harvick, two wins in his last eight. And five top fives in his last eight, but ten straight top tens at Dover. That is that's pretty strong for old KR. Consistent man there. Yeah, Hendrick's gonna be the big the the, the guys that are gonna have the shortest odds valued high. Chase Elliott's like plus seven hundred, Kyle Larson plus five fifty, like I had mentioned. William Byron, who actually did not have a great race here last year, plus eight fifty. And then of course, Martin Truex Jr. plus one thousand, our our good pal that's in prison still um i thought it was pretty funny today jgr we we actually got to meet jgr social guy they had uh tweeted out or they had put on instagram it was a video showing the different levels of gravity on all of the planets and it was just smashing martin truex's car down onto like a cylinder block showing like how gravity would affect the car on different planets and i just commented i was like what is the gravity like in prison so i thought that was pretty funny. that's funny that's funny it was hilarious. So. Yeah, that, I, I'm definitely going to be considering Truex, so I have to because he's he has a great, great Dover resume. He does. And he was good here last year, too. Um, before we sign off, I do want to give a shout-out. Carl Edwards inducted NASCAR 75 greatest mm-hmm. drivers. Also, Denny Hamlin was the other day, which I don't know if you saw that or not. But Carl Edwards, I miss you. I love you. I hope you're doing well because this sport – it's better that Carl Edwards was involved in it and fuck. I wish he was still here, but I think he's, uh, I listened to his interview on Sirius XM today. He seems like he's doing pretty well. So it was good to hear from old cousin Carl. Really? I missed that man. Him. Yep. He did. He got accepted into the 75 and talked to, uh, uh, not Mike Bagley. What's his name? The other guy on Sirius. Um, Obviously. I can't think of his name. It's okay. He's he's always the guy that's in controversy. Like everybody's always tweeting at him, and he's blocking. Dave Moody. Dave Moody. Yes, it was a Dave Moody. That's it. Oh, the Dave. I, I can't remember. I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. But I love you, cousin Carl, I, and I'm proud of you. 
Yeah, it. Uh, I think it was trying to remember who Kenny Wallace tried to get Carl to come on his show, and he said no thanks. Yeah, Kenny made me think that Carl like declined being one of the seventy five. Yeah, like th- that was the message I kind of got from that, and then people were like, "Wait, you can actually decline this award?" And I was kind of thinking like, maybe you can. Maybe NASCAR is treating it like you must accept it and do some, you know, at least do some kind of public appearance with it, you know, because it's more than just like the, I think it's more than just like accomplishment. NASCAR is making it like a, a reward kind of thing where you a box. Sterling Sterling Marlin put a picture up. He he was also inducted. He got a box from like NASCAR had like a die cast of his car and it was like, congratulations. I don't know if you saw that on social. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Sterling Sterling. Hey, two Daytona 500s. Yeah. Sterling Marlin was, uh, he if Sterling Marlin didn't break his neck, he probably would have won the championship in 2002. I don't know if people remember that or not, but he was so good in 2002. So yeah, I'm glad he got some recognition there as well. Laid him a lot on the on Thunder. Kip Richards, you know, he 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 was out there with him. Old Kip, he had a terrible time at Richmond. That was that was Kip's fault. Terrible. But yep, that's been a show. Um, we're excited about the week. Let's go win some more money at Dover this weekend. Be sure to check out Dale Center on Thursdays. Remember, winners are always given out on Dale Center. Don't forget it. Uh, so we'll be we'll be there. And then on Wednesday night, follow me on TikTok at Garage Guy Chase. You can follow me everywhere on social at Garage Guy Chase. But on Wednesday nights, if you're on TikTok, join me at 9 p.m. Eastern time for NASBETS Live, where we just basically talk about a bunch of random shit. Um, I give out bets before I log them on Action Network, and uh, you get to be a part of the fun. So it's always a good time. And then, of course, Dale Center, the staple. First yeah. ever, I think it's the first ever Dale Center as a retired, uh, as as someone who's retired. I think it's my first time doing Dale Center in retirement. Yeah. So yeah. that I'm not excited. You said you were excited for the week. No, no, I'm not. No, not Walmart. You have to wear a Walmart vest. You have to wear your door greeter vest. Since you're retired now. Yeah. We'll do that. (laughs) We're getting it out. Love you guys. Thanks so much for supporting us. Don't forget, go to dailydownforce.com. That's where you can find all of our content. Buy a hat. Buy a shirt. If you love us and you support the Garage Guys and you are a Garage fam, prove it. Go and buy a hat or a shirt. It's badass merch. You guys have been asking for merch forever. It exists now. Make it happen. We love you. We'll see you soon. Be good. We out.